Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and a great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Chaos. It's going to be chaos all day, so we might as well get used to it now. Well done, everyone. So there's a really cool activities around the side on the tables there, if any kids want to go and do that. Well, happy Christmas again. Great to have you here. I wonder if you've received any of in people's Christmas cards and stuff, you've received any of those round-robin letters. Um, we received a good one from the Tilburys, you know, those kind of letters updating you on the year that's been sort of thing. Um, when, when I was younger, mum and dad used to get them on like sort of kind of competitive ones, you know. After successfully completing his exams, Tarquin has just finished building in an orphanage and has taken up paragliding. Whereas if mum and dad had written one about me, it would have been more like, after scraping through exams, Colin has finished building a Lego set and has gone round the block on his bike, or something like that. 
People carefully select what they tell you with a purpose, don't they? To let you know how their family's going, to let you know if it was a good year or a bad year or indifferent. And it's like they're anticipating questions that you might have about their family. And the reading we heard Sarah read for us uh, from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's anticipating the questions people might have had about what happened around Jesus' birth. But of all the things he could have told us about that, why does he tell us these particular things? All right, here's a nice, easy question for Christmas morning. Do you know what the purpose of your life is? It's a bit deep, isn't it? Like, what is life for? If you, were, when, if you were to write one of those update letters and send it with your Christmas cards to tell people about your year, what purpose would you hope it showed that you were fulfilling in life? Like I said, it's a bit deep, but these events recorded for us by Matthew is written to show us what life is all about, what purpose we're created for. Now, later today, lots of us will be pulling... Uh, now, you call these bonbons, don't you? I go on Christmas crackers. Um, and inside, there'll be a joke. All right, basic format. There's a question and there's an answer with a purpose. The purpose being to make you laugh or groan. Uh, just generally to um, help the Christmas dinner be more fun, give you something to talk about. So what we're going to do this morning is look at some of the questions being answered and the purpose for telling us those particular things. And just to keep the oxygen flowing, it's Christmas morning. I've got a Christmas cracker joke to go with each serious question that's being asked. So the serious questions are in your uh, outline, but we'll have some terrible jokes along the way. All right, first one. Who wants to pull a cracker? Oh, now, that was underwhelming, wasn't it? Now, you can, you can keep the hat and stuff. I don't trust these jokes to be any good, so I've got some pre-prepared, all right? Why does Santa... Sorry, what does Santa spend his wages on? Jingle bills. Oh, very good. All right, first serious question. When and where did all this happen? Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea... During the time of King Herod. So straight off the bat, just notice what kind of writing we're looking at here. We're not looking at an idea or a philosophy. or We're not even looking at a religion. We're looking at events, history, stuff that happened. Um, on my 50th birthday, Jim and Pam bought me a book, um, 1973. All the other stuff that happened in 1973, apart from the most important event. And... <laughs> Jesus, being born, Jesus was a baby being born into a context, stuff going on. And Matthew gives us name, date of birth, and, and place of birth. It's more like a passport application than religious writing. It tells us his name, Jesus, God saves, born in Bethlehem, about eight kilometers south of Jerusalem. Unremarkable, except that's where King David was born. And it comes into play later, we'll see. And in the reign of Herod, that is Herod the Great, not the same one that chopped off John the Baptist's head, a different one, the first one. Um, And he was from the wrong tribe to be a legitimate king of Israel. But, and it couldn't happen now, he butted up the right people and stayed on side with the people in power. And so he was their puppet king. So whatever comes next, whatever we discover our purpose in life to be, It's based on events, 
It's good news, not good advice, not wishful thinking. Okay, who wants to pull another cracker? Oh, we've got a boom there. Why did Santa's helper see the doctor? Because he had low elf esteem. All right, next serious question. Who came to visit Jesus and why? So Matthew doesn't tell us about the shepherds. Uh, Who else came to visit Jesus? How many? Three what? Okay, where did they come from? From the east? Or what does the carol say? We three kings from Orient Hour. Well, let's have a look what the Bible says. Verse 1. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. So Orient, it just means an old-fashioned way of seeing east. That's okay. Um, we don't know how many there were. We said three appear on Christmas cards because we know about three of the gifts. Magi probably means they were a part of the royal court. Um, the combination of astrologers, astronomers, professors, some sort of leading men. Probably from Persia. Uh, Babylon, because we know that society did understand that if you looked at the stars and saw one, it signified important events like the birth of a king or something like that. So you're looking for a king, you go to a palace, right? So (laughs) it's a bit strange and insensitive this, because they go to Herod, the bloke who claims to be king of the Jews, and say, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, that's a funny thing for a bunch of foreign dignitaries to ask, isn't it? I wonder why they ask that. Well, it's likely they've been studying the Jewish scriptures. They've understood that Israel were waiting for a long-promised rescuer king, God's king, to come and save them. They've probably read Numbers 24, 17. A star will come out of Jacob. So he's the first, he's the first one to be called Israel. And then they've seen this very unusual star and added two and two together. In fact, they've been doing the kind of reading the stars that God forbids in his law his own people to do. But Matthew's showing us how God is pulling the strings, he's orchestrating events. I mean, a star in the sky, what do you make of that? People have tried to work out exactly what it was. In the end, we're just not told in the text. It seems to be a supernatural thing. But the point is that God is making sure that the right people read and see the right things and interpret them the right way at the right time, all to show that Jesus is God's rescuer king. Herod, he asked in, in verse 4, he asked the, where can I find this king? Uh, not to go and worship him, but to murder him. But even Herod's question helps us to see Jesus' birth is not random. Jesus' place of birth is one of the things fulfilling these prophecies, these plans God's made and announced hundreds of years earlier um, by the prophet Micah. Now, prophecy. When I say prophecy, we tend to think of kind of Nostradamus kind of thing, predicting the future that's otherwise unknowable. But prophecy in the Bible is more like, well, it's like, I've got a prophecy for you. This afternoon, I'm going to eat lots of food. I'm going to exchange some gifts, and we're going to play some games. Now, it's very likely that will happen, because 
that's what we and our guests have planned and have got the means to pull that off. It's not definitely going to happen, but more than likely. But prophecy in the Bible is God letting us in on his plans. And because he's God, they will definitely happen. So what Matthew is showing us here is that all God's plans for Jesus are coming together just as he planned, despite Herod's best efforts to scupper them. And that gives us great confidence. God's plan is to love us and save us through Jesus. And nothing can stop him. However dark this story gets, and you heard it does get pretty dark at the end, God is in control. However dark our story gets, God is in control. He will fulfill his good plans. <laughs> another, another thing we're being shown with these um, foreign magi visitors to Jesus is that right from the get-go, he's not just Israel's king. He's for all nations. He's for all people in the world. And he's not just a king to be treated diplomatically. There's more. All right, another quiz question. What did the Magi, what were the gifts that they gave? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well done. That's the really well-known bit. But just before that, verse 9, this star supernaturally somehow leads them to Jesus, who by now is upgraded to a house. But here's the bit we usually skim over. Verse 10. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Overjoyed. All that they'd come to understand about this promised king, all that God had shown them, meant that they were so pleased to be able to find him at last. And they didn't just say, ooh, nice baby kind of thing. They didn't say, you're going to go on to great things or you've got real potential, baby Jesus. No, they worship him there and then as great already. All that God's shown them, all that God's led them with leads them to worship him. Uh, Worship, a bit Christianese, isn't it? it? But it just means to give up your time. And your treasure. These major, they, they put themselves out for Jesus. That's worship. They used what they were all about for Jesus. And if Jesus really is God with us, if he really is God's rescuer king, and all the signs in Matthew show us that he is, the wise thing to do is to worship him with our time and our treasure, to put ourselves out for Jesus. To use what we're all about for Jesus. Now that's not what Herod does. Another question. Well, another cracker. Boom! Why was the snowman looking through the carrots? A bit of a northern hemisphere one this. Why was the snowman looking through the carrots? He was picking his nose. All right. How did the current king react? Well, when Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. 
So Herod and the establishment know that he's not the legitimate king. And all the signs are that the real deal has been born. Signs compelling and convincing enough for this Herod, this cynical political wheeler dealer, to take them seriously and act ruthlessly, horrifically, trying to trick the Magi and kill Jesus with disastrous, heartbreaking consequences. And Matthew has shown us that even in this, God is fulfilling his purposes, enacting his plans for Jesus. And he's showing us that going against those plans, trying to cut Jesus out of the picture, is disastrous. So is that you this Christmas? Because we've all got a bit of Herod in us. Our default reaction, our natural reaction, is to avoid Jesus or reject him. Because we want to stay king or queen of our own lives. But the good news of Christmas is that Jesus' birth shows us, not that God wants to interfere or limit our lives, but he wants to save our lives and give us life to the full. Jesus is the good, perfect king that you can trust with your life. And he makes a much better king than you or I of ourselves. So let the Magi be your inspiration and Herod be your warning. Worshipping Jesus brings joy. Cutting him out brings darkness. Worshipping Jesus brings joy. Cutting him out brings darkness. All right, last question. Well, last bonbon. There you go. Good one, well done. Oh, that's technique. Very good. I can't grab this. I'll say it again. Boom! Well done. Thank you. Who hides in the bakery at Christmas? A mince spy. Look on the bright side, your Christmas bonbons will be better than this. How was Jesus kept safe? Well, Matthew shows us God orchestrating things. People, stars in the sky, dreams even. So verse 12, the Magi are warned off Herod in a dream. And verse 13, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Joseph must be getting used to these dreams with angels now, isn't he? It's his second one. Uh, The angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Jesus ends up in Egypt and then in Nazareth. All stuff that God said would happen. All more signs to help us have confidence Jesus is God's rescuer king. It's all pretty amazing, isn't it? hard to believe even but if God is all-powerful if he could create all this from nothing it stands to reason if he's going to become one of us and wants us to know about it it stands to reason he could do all this doesn't it if he's that powerful this is peanuts really God has a plan for Jesus to save us and so it's not Jesus time to die yet so it's protected but Jesus will go on 
to deliberately set his face to Jerusalem, knowing it will take him to his death. Why? To die in our place so that our sin, our prideful rebellion against God, is paid for and we can be forgiven, restored into right relationship, a new life with God. You see, life does have a purpose, and it's all about God's King, Jesus. It's all about bowing down to him in worship, giving our lives to him, because he has made God's plans come true. Matthew's showing us life's not just unfolding randomly. It's ruled by God for one great purpose, for Jesus to be worshipped as our King and Saviour. And he's worthy of that worship because he is God with us. And he's shown his worth by giving himself up for you and for me to bring us life and forgiveness and purpose. Is that your purpose in life? Because it's God's purpose for you and it's the best life there is. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for having Matthew write down all these signs that give us confidence that Jesus is our rescuer king. Thank you that you've created us with a purpose in life to worship Jesus as our saviour and king, to live for him with all that we are. Amen.